it's time! What's up, MMA nerds? Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. This is episode two. We made it through the first one. If you were the one of the few people that did listen to the first one, there's going to be some changes. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still tinkering. You hear me typing over here. Um, the point of this podcast is just to always involve. If you're not involved, if you're not involved, and you're dying, and I plan on involving this podcast. However, we're going to be leading up to UFC Fight Night in Charlotte. We've got a good car going on there. We also have some news that I'm going to go over with you, giving my takes on that. I'm going to do another weekly segment called Hot Take, my Hot Take of the Week, and then uh, I'm going to end the podcast with my top five. Let's jump right into the news. There are three topics that are kind of shaking the MMA world, Um, and number one is going to be Nate Diaz tweeted out, or I'm sorry, Instagram. He posted like 15 photos on Instagram like he's some fucking chick that just got back from a concert. I don't know what he's doing, but he posted an Instagram of him flicking out the crowd. You know, saying "fuck you" to the crowd and saying, "I'm," you know, if you want to fight me, I don't know the direct quote, but it's like basically I'll be ready in May or June. And then immediately after that, you had Eddie Alvarez, you had Kevin Lee tweeting at him, Instagram, and I'm saying, "You know, I'm your guy, I'm your Huckleberry." And uh, I guess Nate Diaz thinks he's like the he thinks he's McGregor. I guess he thinks he's the man. I mean, I know he had two big, huge fights, probably the biggest fights in UFC history, um, at least in the past five years, him and McGregor. One of the biggest upsets when he beat Connor, but he's not—he's not the guy. I don't—I don't think anybody around him is telling him like, if you would have done that with anybody else, you wouldn't have been the guy. You know, I mean, Dana White called you. <clears throat> excuse me, Dana White said you weren't a needle mover a few years ago. You need a guy like Connor. You're gonna price yourself out of any any recognition, and you're gonna price yourself out of the UFC essentially. I mean, you want ten million dollars to fight a guy like Eddie Alvarez, you're out of your fucking mind. I think Nate Diaz is a great fighter. I don't think he's the greatest i think he has stumbled i think he lacks a lot in a lot of areas i think i think any solid wrestler is going to take him down and destroy him i think his jiu-jitsu is very good i think his cardio is very good i think his boxing is very good but i don't think he puts it all well together i think wrestlers are going to be his kryptonite guys who keep who can keep a high pace are going to be his kryptonite but for this fucking guy to sit here and post 20 instagram photos and blow my feet up you chick I mean, come on, man. What I mean, you've been quiet for a little bit. You do a little bit of this. You post 20 photos of yourself, and all your photos are so shitty. I had to stop following your brother on Instagram because every Instagram story is him in a club. I don't want to see that shit. I don't want to see that shit. Who cares? Who cares? You know, I don't care about Nick Diaz getting drunk. I care about Nick Diaz in the cage. That's about it. He's entertaining. Nate Diaz is entertaining, but in the cage. Other than that, you know, live your life. So some other news coming out is the main event for UFC London, and uh, I've been around long enough to know it's been confirmed. It hasn't been confirmed. Coaches are confirming it. The fighters want it. It's going to happen. It's going to be my guy, Darren Till versus Gunny Nelson in London. They were trying to make it at Liverpool, but it looks like that's not happening. Um, Goddamn, I'm all in on Darren Till. Darren Till made me let me help me, I should say, win a pretty penny when he dominated Donald Cerrone. I'm all in on Till. I think Till's the future. I think Till's going to be a champion. He's huge for the weight class. I got that fucking accent. If I could do an accent, I'd do this whole podcast in that Scouser accent. But I can't do accents, as you can just tell. That was pretty fucking awful. He's fighting Gunny Nelson. I like Gunny, too. 
John Cavanaugh came out and said he thinks this fight's going to be a lot like uh, the Brandon Thatch fight. And I don't know if you remember that, but Gunny Nelson knocked out Brandon Thatch. I do not think that fight's going to be like this. I think uh, Darren Till's going to stalk him. I think Darren Till's going to push him forward. Gunnar Nelson is a smaller 170. I think that Gunnar Nelson can easily fight at 55. He, I'm sure he's strong. He's a very fantastic grappler. I mean, his only chance of winning this fight is, is taking Darren Till down. I think Darren Till's size, since he's so goddamn big, is going to be a huge factor in this fight. I think he's going to push Gunny around. I think Gunny's really going to feel the uh, the size that he shouldn't be at 170. I mean, he's going to feel that against Darren Till. Again, Darren Till's my guy. I'm all in. I'll bet any amount of money that he's going to fight and win the championship. If not this year, uh, the beginning of next year for sure. The guy's a star. He's handsome. He's got a crazy story. He's well-spoken. He's got an incredible accent. Um, and he's an exciting guy to watch. I love Darren Till. All in on Darren Till. The only other guy, let me just, let's just put it this way. You know, I consider myself the kingmaker, which I am. The only other guy that I got behind this early was Conor McGregor. And I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to take credit for Conor being the biggest star in MMA, maybe even the biggest star in combat sports. But, uh, you know, I might go ahead and have to take credit for that. Because I was I was on that guy before the UFC, and I don't want to sound like you know I, I saw all his fights. You know, I mean, no, I saw his, his fight right before the UFC, and um, I was hooked. So I'm all on Darren Till. Go ahead and cash it right now. Go to Vegas. Go to the sportsbook. I don't think there's a line on yet. Be like, hey, Darren Till's winning the title. Give him a thousand bucks. And the last little bit of news that we'll talk about is um, this fucking guy Fabricio Werdum, who gets in fights with everybody outside of the cage is wanting a title shot after beating the very ever-tough Walt Harris. I mean, listen, I, I respect Werdum. I respect all fighters, but give me the give me a fucking break, Fabricio. I mean, you you're, you're, you complain left and right. You haven't beaten anybody in the top. You just lost to Alistair Overeem before the Walt Harris fight. You haven't beaten anybody. You get in fights with everybody. No one likes you. Stipe knocked you out in the first round. Now, I'm not saying he shouldn't get a title shot because there's not a ton of that division isn't stacked, I would say, but I don't think that should be Stipe's next fight. I think he should. I think Fabricio should fight once, once more. I mean, he 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 fought Walt Harrison, and then he had that. Uh, I mean, he couldn't even finish Tibera. If if Mark Hunt finishes Tibera, um, I think in Australia at the end of the month, then he should get the title shot over Werdum. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. Werdum, he seems like a guy that's just like an arrogant little fucking prick. I don't think I like Fabrice Rudin if I met him in person. I really don't think I like him. I, I I think him and I would not get along. There's a lot of guys I feel like that. I feel like I say that a lot. But uh Fabrice Rudin's at the top of the list for sure. And um but this guy just this arrogancy of him coming out saying, Oh, I deserve the subject. And I read the articles on MMA Junkie, I guess, you know, he did some sound bites for whatever. And it's just it's a fucking joke. I mean I want to see if I read that. I'm like, hmm, really? I mean, I knocked you out in the first round in Brazil. I mean, Redoom, Kane sounds good to me. I think they they get, they get matched up again. Um, Redoom, Struve sounds good. I know Struve's got a fight coming up. But give Redoom someone – I mean, he I mean, he's a top five heavyweight in the UFC. I don't think he comes close to beating Stipe. I don't think he comes close to beating Francis Naganyu. Um Naganyu just tweeted out today or Instagrammed out today that – he is going to take a break for a while, which I think is the right thing to do for a young guy. I mean, he came off. I mean, a lot of people didn't give him enough credit for coming off such a quick turnaround. 
not really and he flew home and like trained in Paris. He didn't train in Vegas. He trained in Paris for three weeks and basically went right to Boston and did and did the tour stuff. So um a lot of people don't really factor that in the fact that he gassed. I saw these corny ass memes with people, you know, saying with the treadmill thing, the little Drake thing. I mean, come on. I mean, when are memes gonna go away? I mean that here here's my hot take on that. I have a hot take segment coming up, but can we be done with memes? I mean, it's just too much. It's just too much anymore. Everyone thinks that they're like funny and they can like put a meme out. And it's just like, I mean, how many Drake memes are there out there? How many do? How many more do we need in this world? You know, I you know I laugh at a good. Uh, maybe I'll chuckle at one that I haven't seen ever. But I'm never saving on my phone and using them or anything like that. I'm not. I don't remember many memes. I mean, I think I think we need to get away with memes. I mean, gifts are out there. A lot of people shit on gifts. I prefer a gift. How do you, how do you pronounce another hot take? Uh, embrace debate. How do you pronounce gif? Is it gif or jif? Because if you say jif to me, I'm kicking you down the fucking neck. I'll kick you right in the goddamn neck. Do not say jif to me. It's gif. There's a G. There's an I. There's an F. Don't be an asshole. Don't say jif. It's not a jar of fucking peanut butter, okay? It's a little, tiny little clip of video or whatever the hell it is. I don't know what it is. I've tried to make them before I failed. So those are the news. Those are the, the headlines, I guess. I hate saying the word headlines because none of those are headlines. They're just like three little stories, uh, three little news. It's a little bit of news there. I'm trying to add, trying to break this up so it's not more me rambling. So that was, that was the news. I like that. Now we come to the payoff. Now we come to the payoff. This one coming straight from out of the dancer. This one coming straight from out of the dancer. All right, let's get to the money here. Let's get to the picks. UFC Fight Night Charlotte is this weekend. It is a uh, it's a pretty solid little card. I love these little these little sneaky cards up on Saturday night that are usually good. It's gonna be headlined by Ronaldo Jacare Souza. He's rematching Derek Brunson. Uh, Souza Jacare, I should pronounce his his name right. Jacare. That's uh, I believe it's alligator in or gator maybe alligator gator in Portuguese. I don't know. I don't speak Portuguese, believe it or not. But uh, Jack Ray is number three. Brunson's number eight. Brunson's coming off that big win against Leo Tomashita in Brazil. And he is fighting Jack Ray, who hasn't fought in a little bit. He's coming off a horrible loss to Robert Whitaker. And uh, this is a rematch. I don't know if anybody remembers. They fought in Strike Force a while ago, and uh, Jack Ray knocked him out in under a minute. Um, I rewatched that fight recently, and Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson is wild in general. Um, he's very, very powerful, but he keeps his fucking chin in there like a. Like a snooty old woman at a meat market. I don't know if that's a saying, but I just fucking – I just said it. So uh, Derek Brunson, I think he's cleaned up his technique a lot. I mean you can't – I mean that power is ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Jacare, I mean the guy's guy's always going to be in the top five. I mean he has such an interesting matchup. He's so good on the ground. He's so strong. This is a really tough fight because Brunson has a pretty good wrestling background. Um, in the first fight, he got caught early. You got flat-faced, you got flat-lined and put out within like 42 seconds, I believe. But I think Derek Brunson's improved enough. I mean, I, I believe Derek Brunson is the underdog in this. I think he's a plus 135 underdog. Um, I'm going to – I'm, I'm – oh, god damn, this is tough. Give me Brunson because he's the under. I think it's going to be a different fight. I think Brunson's improved enough. So I'm going to go ahead and take Brunson. I would I would stay away from any parlay with this. I would only only strictly straight bet at plus one thirty five. I would go. I'd probably put a hundred to two hundred bucks on it. Um, I mean, 
I, Sosa has that name. Jacare has that name. No one wants to fight. And he's coming in with he's making no excuses for his last fight. You know, he could have pleaded that I was hurt, I was this, I was that, and he got smoked. I think if Brunson catches him though, because Jacare's Ray's chin hasn't always been all that sturdy, I think Brunson's gonna take this um pretty easily. So I'll have my final picks on up on Saturday morning on MMATakes.com. If you are listening to this podcast, you stumble on iTunes, you stumble on SoundCloud, and you do not know what MMATakes.com is, it is a website. It is a blog ran by me. I give you fat wallet picks, and uh, I'm going to break down some now. I will give you a full report on Saturday. So with a recap, I'll take Brunson as the underdog in that. Um, I like that fight. Uh, it's, God, it's, a, it's, it's a really tough fight to decide. I, I've been back and forth on it, but I do think Brunson has improved. I think he's got power. I think he can catch Jacare. And, um, yeah, if it was in Brazil, I would I would be really scared, but but I like Brunson in that. The co-main event is going to be number 12, Dennis Bermudez versus unranked Andre Feely. You know, uh, this is kind of a sad fight for me because both these guys, when, they, when they, they were on the rise, they had so much hype around them. Bermudez had that incredible ultimate fighter finale fight with uh, Diego Brandao. And went on a tear, was beating everybody. I believe he was seven or eight in a row. Didn't, don't know the exact number. Then he ran into a guy named Jeremy Stevens who put him out. What an incredible fight. But Bermudez has slipped. Bermudez is coming off two straight losses. He lost to Darren Elkins, which was uh, pretty ugly. Andre Feely just came off uh, a just came off a fight with probably the biggest joke in MMA. And I hate to say that because he seems like a good guy. But you know when you're associated with Connor and you're Connor's main training partner and you stink so bad, then you you get that name. Artem Lobov, Andre Feely, and Artem Lobov had a pretty good fight. Artem Lobov, Artem Lobov, excuse me there. Sorry, Artem. I should get your name right since you're the king. Um, after that fight, he seems to be retiring out of boxing, and now apparently he is fighting MMA again. I don't know exactly what's going on. Everyone retiring boxing, like boxing, so goddamn easy. But uh, Andre Feely looked okay in that fight. He used his reach a lot. He got hurt. He got rocked. Um, this fight is it's one of those fights that, like, on paper, Dennis Bermudez will win. Dennis Bermudez is the favorite. Feely is a slight underdog. It's a very close line. I just think Bermudez he needs a win. He's zero and two. I think Feely's coming off that win. I think he's feeling himself a little more. I think he's gonna go out there and fight a little more free. I think that's gonna get him caught. I think he, I think he's gonna get taken taken down a lot. He doesn't have like incredible takedown defense. He's really long. He pumps his jab. Bermudez is gonna be hard to get in there, but I think he can get in there. I think he's pretty good at closing the distance, considering he's been doing his whole career because he's never gonna be the taller guy in there, unless he fights like Demetrius Johnson. But they're two weight classes apart. So I'm like, I'm gonna take Bermudez. He's the favorite. I'm gonna take Bermudez, probably by decision. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some kind of TKO. Feely is a pretty durable guy. He takes a lot of shots. He doesn't have the best beard on him, but um, he's tough. Like he'll hang around unless you put him out. And I don't think Bermudez will be able to put him out. I mean, he could step into something, close the distance, throw a big right hand. I just see him wrestling, grappling. I see him playing it safe, considering um, he's he's zero two in his last two. Um, I and mean, when you're losing Darren Elkins, I mean, no offense, to Darren Elkins, but. I mean, the guy just gets – he's like Homer Simpson in round one. He just gets his fucking brains beat in. And then he's still there. And then you're so tired from kicking the shit out of him that he's just got that really good choke. So um, with that being said, give me Bermudez. Give me – this won't be the lock of my night, but I feel pretty confident in this pick. I definitely would use him in a parlay. Again, MMAtakes.com, Saturday morning. I'll have a full article up about that. 
um, about the recap of the fight. And the other fight I want to talk about um, on this podcast, last one for the UFC Charlotte card is going to be two unranked guys. It's going to be Jordan Rinaldi versus Gregor Gillespie. I love that name, Gregor. I know you're going to be like, oh, yeah, because Conor McGregor. Sure, whatever. But that name, Gregor, man, that's a, that's a cool name. I would hate – if he his name's Gregor. If people call him Greg, I'd be pissed because not many Gregs or Gregors. But uh, Gregor Gillespie versus Jordan Rinaldi. Rinaldi is a Ryan Hall guy. He's a 50-50 guard guy. Good wrestling. Um you know, he doesn't jump off the page to me. I've only seen him fight a handful of times. I'm not, like, overly impressed by him. Gregor Lepsi, 3-0 in the UFC. He's 10-0 overall. He's on the cusp of being ranked in the top 15, maybe even a little higher than that if Bermudez loses and he could leapfrog Bermudez at 12. I like Gillespie a lot in this fight. He's the biggest favorite on the card. It's so easy to, to look at that number and be like, oh, Ronaldo's going to take it. And Ronaldo's game, Ronaldo, I mean, Gregor Gillespie is a great, Great grappler. He can take you down. He can pound you out. He's so tough. I just don't think – I mean, he, if he gets a little too careless, he could get caught because, I mean, Jordan Rinaldi trained with a guy like Ryan Hall. I mean, Ryan Hall, I mean, he, he blinks about 40 times a minute. But um, he's got he's a great coach, great jiu-jitsu. I, I, think his, I think his game's good. He doesn't fight enough, though. But back to Rinaldi. Um, Rinaldi is, again, doesn't jump off the page to me. I don't know if he's ever going to be like the guy to watch or anything like that. Gregor Lepsi, I think UFC is kind of grooming him to be a guy to watch. I think he's 3-0. He's had two fight of the nights, I believe, uh, one with Andrew Holbrook, and I can't remember his last fight. It is slipping my memory, but I have a computer in front of me, so I will tell you who it was. And my internet is slow. I might edit this out. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, he fought Jason Gonzalez last time. Yeah, he won five of the night in the performance tonight against Holbrook, who he KO'd his last two times out. Again, that was a Cormier card back in April. So, yeah, he uh, he fought in September against uh, Jason Gonzalez and was getting tagged up. Remember this fight? He was getting tagged up a little bit, and then he ended up coming back around two and submitting Gonzalez. Um, yeah, I'm high on Gregor Gillespie. I remember the Holbrook fight. I really like that. Andrew Holbrook's like fought everybody. So give me Gregor. Um, you know what? I, I don't know the lines of the finish, but I do see a finish coming. I see Ronaldo maybe playing the back a little too much. I see him getting a little too comfortable down there. And I think Gregor could really, really put it on him. Um, so I like I like Gregor in that fight. So that's it. That's that's my little mini breakdown of the Charlotte card. I am looking forward to this card. I'm surprised it's on Big Fox. It's on Big Fox at 8 o'clock, um, which is, is kind of cool. It's a little surprising. The main card doesn't have like huge names on it. You know, um, Drew Dober versus Frank Camacho will be kicking it off. I think both guys are kind of middle of the road. I do like Drew Dober, though. I think uh, he's got a good look. I think he has all the talent in the world. I just think he doesn't put it together. But, yeah, 4-5 main card at 8 o'clock on Big Fox. I guess they're sliding this in right before the Super Bowl, which I guess I understand. So, yeah, UFC Charlotte this weekend. Again, Saturday morning I will have – a full roundup of my parlays, my picks, and then on the podcast next week, we'll go over about how much money you won. Okay, so we're going to do a new segment. It's going to be my hot take of the week. I'm going to give kind of an interesting take of what I think is going to happen. I guess it could morph into more of a crystal ball, Magic A situation because I'm going to try to predict the future here. Um, I My hot take is that Dana White is going to leave the UFC. They have mentioned uh, that they're going to bring boxing under the UFC umbrella. I think he will lose, lead the UFC and be only promoting boxing. And the reason I say that is because he, every time you talk to Dana, he always references history in boxing, how he used to be a boxer promoter. He got ran out of uh, Boston for the Irish Mafia or whatever these crazy fucking stories are. 
Then you heard that he was a boxing size instructor. He wasn't even like in the boxing game. He hates Bob Arum, right? He just did one of the biggest pay-per-views in North American history with um, McGregor Mayweather. He's got a star in McGregor who is going to follow Dana, who's going to go where the money is. Dana's going to get him paid. Dana is respected enough in the MMA community that he could make a switch to boxing. I mean, this is terrifying. I hate this idea, but I do think that he will no longer promote for the UFC and he will go straight to only boxing. Um, he's wearing Zufa boxing shirts. He doesn't go to a lot of events anymore. I mean, he's at like pay-per-views, but no more like he like he won't be at the pay-per-view at the end of the month in Australia. I mean, I wouldn't want to fucking fly to Australia either, but that was his gig. Like he didn't miss an event. Like it was like a big deal when he went down a few years ago and he missed an event because of his Meniere's disease. Like that was like a big deal. People were like, holy shit, this guy missed an event. Now he's never at any fight nights. He won't be in Charlotte. I mean, I understand – the business is growing and things morph into whatever. But I also think it's his lack of passion. I think ever since Lorenzo and Frank left and WMG and a couple other companies own it now, I think it, it kind of soured his grapes a little bit. I think someone pissed in his cereal. I really, really do. And I think, you know, he's talked to his boss. He's like, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm the face of the UFC almost. I feel like if I box and I, if I go to boxing and I have a stable of boxers, I won't be as big um, as a UFC because he's a mouthpiece of UFC right now. And he might be like a Don King over there. He might be like a Bob Arum who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, senile and stuff. But I do think that's going to happen. I don't know how hot of a take that is or how crazy of a take that is. Um, I see that being a reality. I see Dana leaving the UFC, going over there, and then all these people who hate Dana will probably applaud and send stupid memes out and little gifts about him leaving and, and be like, oh, see you later, asshole, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll get some bozo who has no personality, and then you'll get one journalist who, who shit on Dana and be like, oh, I wish Dana was here. And then, you know, we all miss Dana. Listen, I'm not, I love Dana. I think Dana's a great guy. Um, I've never had any interactions with him. I met him one time when he came to UFC. It was a very briefly. He's very friendly to me, um, which was which was awesome. And all the fans love him. I think you need a guy like that in UFC. I, I think people compare the UFC to too many other sports. I think it's its own lane. I think it's its own thing. The UFC is just a company. UFC is like NFL. No one says, "Hey, you want to go play NFL?" Okay, the sport of MMA, UFC is just an organization. Dana White is the perfect guy to be the mouthpiece of that organization. He rubs people the wrong way. Well, the sport rubs people the wrong way. Some people, I mean, John McCain referred to it as human cockfighting. It, it, all this political correctness needs to go out the window sometimes. I think you need a straight shooter like Dana. I think the MMA, MMA wouldn't be where it's at without Dana. And Lorenzo and Frank Fertitta. I mean, let's not forget that. Dana was kind of the mouthpiece of the whole thing because Lorenzo kind of stayed in the back or whatever. But... You know, Lorenzo left to go get a fucking NFL team, and I hope he does. I mean, the Raiders going to Vegas. I hope he gets a piece of that. You know, all the best to him. They turned my favorite sport, my favorite, my life in around because it was it was floundering, and they bought it for two or three million. And now it's just, you know they sold for four hundred billion or four billion, four hundred billion. Jesus, can you imagine four billion dollars, which is awesome. You know, I mean, I don't know how much money they actually put into it after that, but yeah. So Dana White. I, I see him going to the boxing side. I see him going to war, Bob Arum, and um, that's the hot take of the week. I'm gonna I'm gonna start coming with some more hot, some heaters though. You might be wondering, like, that's not that hot of a take. Well, when I'm right, you can come back and apologize. So there it is. We're gonna end the show just like I'm gonna end every show. Top five every week is gonna change. This week I decided to do top five pound per pound in the game right now. I know people do top tens. I know people do top fifteens. None of that shit matters. It's a top five. So I'm going to kick it off right now. Number five, Chris Cyborg Santos. Woo! 
She scares me. She is as real deal as it gets. Um, she is so, so talented. I really thought, like, you know, she might have broke against Holly Holm. Holly Holm is a boxing world champion, a kickboxing world champion, former UFC champion. As for days, I had to get that in there because, goodness gracious, one of the best cabooses in the biz. But uh, Cyborg handled her so well, and Cyborg was so tough, and her technique is flawless, and I was so goddamn impressed with her. She blew me away. That was the, one of the first times I watched her fight. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not the first time I watched her fight. First time I watched her fight where I was like, whoa, this girl's like a real deal. Cause sometimes I thought she might have – her competition wasn't that good, so I'm like, oh, these girls – I mean, yeah, no wonder she's doing that because these girls aren't that good, you know? But uh, Holly Holm is very, very good, and Cyborg handled her very well. So she's top five pound for pound without a doubt. The best woman fighter, uh, female fighter to ever, to ever fight. I mean, Ronda Rousey, go kick rocks. You're done. I mean, you weren't that good anyway. You had like one, one fucking skill on you. You're annoying. Now that's that's another podcast. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna disparage her too much. That's another podcast. Number four. Let's go with Habib Nurmagomedov. This guy could be could be number one. I think this guy is the real deal. He could be the number one pound for pound in the world. Um, it will be, it would be a hotter contestant with my number one currently, but Habib is so good. The reason he is not higher on this list, I know people might be like, well, Habib's the best in the world. He doesn't fight a lot. And if he stayed a little more active and he looked a little more impressive and he hasn't fought, I don't know if he's fought anybody like super, super like high quality. I mean, let's go Edson Barboza and let's go Rafael Dos Anjos. I mean, I could be misremembering people, but I don't think so. I mean, he's looked good. He's had a, he has fantastic record. He's undefeated. He's pulled out a lot of fights. I'm, I, he'll move up on my list when he fights Tony Ferguson for sure. Tony Ferguson is right outside of my top five. Spoiler: He will not be in my top five. Um, neither will Conor McGregor because he is not active right now. This is as much as a Conor fan I am. This this goes the same way. I mean, he's not going to be in my top five because he's just not active. Point blank. Period. So Habib, amazing, should be number one, just needs to fight a little more. And Habib, if you're listening to this, buddy, I can move you up my list. Just send me one of those fucking cool hats. I love to wear those hats. I mean, those, those things would kick ass. Number four, uh, I'm sorry, number three is going to be, this was tough for me because I wanted to add Daniel Cormier on there because he literally only has like one loss. They really two losses because they switched switched to Jones to no contest. But that Jones fight has such a sour taste in my mouth. I cannot. So number three is going to be Stipe Miocic, my Ohio guy, the guy I was supposed to fight, my long last rival. He is without a doubt should be top top five pound for pound. A lot of heavyweights minus Fedor don't get a lot of credit for being top pound for pound because they're big. You know, obviously. Conventional thinking is, oh, well, this guy's a heavyweight, so he'll be able to beat uh, Demetrius Johnson, you know, because the lower weight classes are are a little more skilled while heavyweights, you know, proceed not to be so skilled, but they have the size, they have the power. But Stipe mixed it all together. He dug deep. He fought an incredibly dangerous guy who I don't think many people in the UFC in the heavyweight division can beat Francis Ngannou, by the way. I think Kane Laskas might be the only person that has, gives him a shot. I think. If he lands those punches, he lands on Stipe to anybody, he's going down. But this was a tough because I was going to have Daniel Cormier on here because I do think DC gets overlooked with the two John losses. But, God, I'm I'm falling victim of that because I, I – I, I, I just – him crying in the octagon and getting knocked out, I can't put him in my top five. I, I can't – I won't respect myself. I won't be able to look in the mirror in the morning if I put him in my top five. He is definitely – he might be six or seven. 
He's definitely there, but he can't be in my top five. He's outside looking in right now. If he beats Jones, he might even go up to like number two or three. But right now, he's going to be on the outside. It's all about Stipe. Stipe was in my top five even before this. I thought he was great. I mean, the guy's got, what, two losses. He redeemed one of his losses. And his earlier losses to Stefan Struve was, you know, I mean, he might have came in a little flat. The guy's a goddamn firefighter. He might have saved a burning building two days before he fought Struve. No one knows what went on. He won't make excuses. So that's number three. Number two, this is not a tough one to decide um, who my number two was going to be because there's so many people out there. But right now, currently in the UFC, the number two pound-for-pound fighter in the world is Max Holloway. Yes, Max Holloway. I know a lot of people might think like, oh, no, you know, it can't be Max because he's lost to Conor. He's lost to Poirier. He's got three losses on his record. He's just getting hot right now. He hasn't fought Edgar yet. He hasn't fought that style matchup. And all those things could be correct. But when you knock out Jose Aldo twice, when you knock him out twice and embarrass one of the best featherweights in the world and then go on this, was he, 12 wins in a row, defend your title, have this swagger now, this confidence about you, you go on my top five. Now, I was looking at some of the other champions, some of the other people on the outside, and I know, I just don't see anybody being there. TJ Dillashaw, an incredible fighter. He could be in the top five, but I think he needs to beat Cody one more time. Cody Garbrandt could be in my top five, but he needs to beat TJ at least once. Dominic Cruz needs to be a little more active. I have a very strict top five. I'm not one of these little pussies that add, you know, top 15 is going to offend anybody. No, top five is where it's at. I can't, I can't say that enough. And my number one, it, it's, this is, I mean... I shouldn't even say it. It's Demetrius Johnson. He's the greatest fighter maybe of all time. He is absolutely flawless. He's perfect. I can't wait to if him and TJ fight. That'd be so great. TJ Dillashaw coming out saying he needs six months to cut the weight. If you need six months to cut that weight, then you should be cutting that weight, bro. I mean, I know you don't have a lot of body fat and everything like that, but I mean, I know you want that fight. You want a money fight in the snap. Just rematch Connor, or I'm sorry, rematch Cody, rematch um, Cruz. You're, you're chasing this thing and you're, you're putting yourself on the committee. You're going to hurt your body because we've seen it with Roy Jones. When Roy Jones went up to heavyweight, he was unstoppable. The minute he came back down, he lost everything. And I think a lot of MMA guys, I think obviously they're smarter nowadays and know how to cut weight better. But I, I think that weight cut might hurt TJ. But this isn't about TJ. This is about Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. I mean, look what he did to Ray Borg. That arm bar was absolutely incredible. I jumped out of my seat. I passed out. I woke back up again. Saw the replay, did the same thing over again. I mean, literally, my wife was going to call the cops, call the ambulance, because she thought I was dying. It was that incredible. I was so blown away by it. I'm blown away by him every time. He's perfect. He doesn't. He's he's always perfect. I mean, the only time you see him slip up is you know with the, the first John Johnson fight. He got tagged a lot. He got dropped a lot because John Johnson had huge power, and I don't think. Demetri- but Demetrius was still learning. Every time he gets better. Obviously, he's lost to Cruz. He's lost to Brad Pickett. Those are his only two losses. Brad Pickett was early in his career in the WC. He just got out grappled. Cruz, the bigger man, got out grappled. I would love to see Demetrius to go back up to 35 once 125 is all said and done because that way he can kind of maybe prove once and for all he's the best ever. Like, oh, so I lose the bigger guys? No, I think he's so much better now, and he's fighting with so, so much confidence. A lot of people don't realize that oh, fighting is about confidence. I mean, if you're that skilled, you got to believe it. Like Anderson Silva, you think he ever doubted he was going to lose? Anderson Silva is 40 years old, hasn't won a fight in like 10 years, and he still wants to fight. He gets popped with dick pills every week, but he still wants to fight because he doesn't think he's going to lose. That's the mentality you need. That's what Demetrius Johnson has right now, and that's what Max Holloway has right now. And those, those are my number one and number two guys. 
pound for pound. Comment if you think I'm wrong. Subscribe and tell me that you like me. Unsubscribe to tell me you hate me. Do something here. This has been fun to do. I love chatting. Love talking about MMA. The podcast is going to change. It's going to evolve. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you do like. The quality isn't probably the best what you're used to. We're not in the studio. I'll set the scene for you right now. I am currently sitting in my living room with my microphone that I paid 60 bucks for on Amazon. And I bought the wrong pop filter because it makes ruffling noises on the thing because I'm an idiot. Plugged in my computer and I'm talking to it and I'm watching the time go by. And I'm looking at my phone about what I should talk about. I'm setting the scene for you, folks. That that that's what it is. It's gonna get better. It's gonna if you, more people listen to it, more people demand it, more people like it. We're only gonna get better. Again, I'm gonna keep it about 30, 40 minutes every week. I'm not Joe Rogan. I can't chat for four hours. I'm not Ariel Hawani. I don't have 20 guests. Um, hopefully, we can keep it fun. We can keep it light, and um, yeah, and get better. Obviously. So I love you guys. Wait, nah, I don't really know you guys. I, I don't love you guys, but. Uh, yeah, let's hopefully let, let's win some money this weekend. All right, MMA Takes.com, MMA Takes on Twitter, MMA Takes.com on Instagram. See ya.